0: Hi, this is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer, and today I have the great pleasure of speaking with Professor Paolo Sola, who is in the Gynecologic Oncology Unit in the Department of Surgical Sciences at the University of Turino in Italy. The reason for this uh, discussion is a paper that was recently published in the Journal of Clinical Oncology uh, titled Effectiveness of Intensive Versus Minimalist Follow-Up Regimen on Survival in Patients with Endometrial Cancer, the Totem Study, a Randomized Pragmatic Parallel Group Multi-Center Trial. Paolo, it's great to see you, and thank you once again for uh, accepting the invitation to speak with us uh, about this manuscript.
1: Thank you very much. It's an honor for me to be here, and I hope that we can help people to understand better what is there is uh, under uh, in, under this, this
0: study? Fantastic. So, Paula, let's start by um, uh, let's talk about why you consider this trial was needed. Uh, what was the gap in, in knowledge and and why is this trial different from other studies that have looked at this uh, at this particular question? A uh, long time ago, I remember it
1: was a breakfast session in the SGO in uh, San Diego. During the BIFA session, uh, if I remember, well, Barbara Bertschuh tell us that uh, if you live in two villages very near to the border in the two different uh, states in USA, you have the possibility to receive systematically CT scan or nothing uh, for in the follow-up of endometrial cancer. In other words, there is uh, no standardized procedure in, in, uh, in the in the follow-up, not only in, in the endometrial, but uh, especially in endometrial. And uh, secondly, in the same session, uh, we, accept, we, we know that uh, a large part of the cost uh, of the, of, in, in treatment of cancer is uh, covered by the expensive to conduct a follow-up uh, during the long time. And so, uh, in the, in, so looking at the literature at that time, there is a very large variety in indication. Someone was a minimalist, otherwise uh, suggested to perform a systematically CT scan every six months. Uh, what do you want? Uh, if they someone performs systematically a pap smear or a, a, marker, a biological marker like C1 to 5, and so on. And uh, there is, uh, it's nobody have data if this different procedure have an impact in overall survival. And uh, so you spend a lot of money, you, you spend a lot of time to perform exams, but you do not have a, a real uh, idea if uh, the overall survival is better. In the meantime, if you remember, uh, in breast cancer, we published uh, some data on which uh, the minimalistic uh, follow-up does not change in terms of overall survival and also in in ovarian cancer. So uh, uh, we decide to try to have an idea what is the best for our patients. And so we decide not to to discuss uh, if different procedure, but uh, to look what happened in single patients. So, to perform a systematic randomized clinical trials,
0: clinical the, the trial or realities. This is the background, if you want. Very well. So, if you can tell us a little bit about the, the trial design and your inclusion criteria specifically. Uh, we decide to uh, look. Uh,
1: we decide to design a trial who is uh, independent of the treatment. So each institution can treat the, the patients as they decide to, to, to treat. But we ask to each institution to accept to stratify the follow-up procedure. In other words, we if you want to perform for uh, just uh, radiotherapy or uh, uh, keyboard, what you want, doesn't matter. But uh, in some time of your job, you decide to put your patients in the follow-up. At this point, uh, arrive this trial. In royalties, uh, we decide to perform this trial just in people, in patients uh, treated by at least one step of surgery because... Uh, you have more information about the productive factor. But the, the real, the philosophy is uh, to check, uh, diff, to per, uh, compare different procedure of follow-up because the follow-up is performed systematically in each institution. This is uh, the that we have. And, and so the inclusion criteria is very easy because uh, uh, all people who, in which you decide to perform follow-up, it more or less is all your population, your patients.
0: So it's uh, well, relatively easy in this way. Excellent. So now let's get on to, to what the specifics were for each group as it pertains to surveillance. Tell us about the minimalistic follow up versus the intensive follow up regimens. Uh, so we decide in, in general.
1: If you look uh, at guidelines, uh, for instance, NCCN uh, or ESCOEST, uh, or uh, what do you want? You read the. Uh, you perform a visit every uh, four or six months. You perform every six months a CT scan. You perform a Pap smear each one a year, and so on. So, we decide that uh, to stratify in high risk and low risk uh, patients, and uh, randomize not only. CT scan, uh, pap smear, but all, also the scheduling of the visit. In order to have an idea if it's better con- make a control every six months or if you need every four months, for instance. So uh, we try to have some information about the role of each procedure can play in terms of detection rate of the, of the recurrence.
0: Excellent. And, and uh,
1: see, in this way, we try to have some answer in in the in the in, the, in this in this field.
0: Yes, and uh, obviously this was uh, quite an undertaking, quite a number of uh, centers. And now uh, I was wondering then if you can tell us uh, the results. Uh, what should be the the take home message, and uh, and then we'll get into some of the additional details and questions uh, pertaining to the to the results. Uh, and so uh, we. After we have
1: enrolled more than 1,800 patients, we have that the, there is no uh, difference in term of survival in the free interval in between uh, minimalistics or uh, intensive follow-up. This is very interesting uh, because it uh, uh, means that uh, 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 In reality, this uh, is a very important uh, uh, redesign the the role of the doctor, of the therapeutic, because uh, uh, the the, the cornerstone of the follow-up is the the clinical control. And uh, the clinical control uh, induced the need to perform a CT scan of what you want. And this is uh, very important because uh, when you make your visit you have to uh, have uh, information from the patients about the symptom also very small symptom but the, you as a doctor you can interpret and uh, you can make uh, addit- additive additive uh, um, procedure what you want so uh, it's not necessary to spend a lot of money to perform systematically uh, ex- uh, exam uh, in term of imaging of what you want, but it's mandatory that the doctor make the doctor and uh, look uh, for uh, for the patients and uh, have uh, this information during the visit.
0: Excellent. Uh, <clears throat> now, uh, I wanted to just ask you some specifics as it pertains to, to the results. And w- one of them was just uh, right away, I saw that Approximately half the patients underwent laparotomy rather than laparoscopy for, for endometrial cancer. Uh, why do you think this was uh, the case? It's not, uh, particularly in the United States, it's not very common for patients to undergo an open surgery for endometrial cancer. Why, why do you think this was the case in this study? Uh, be- because uh, the, 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 this is uh, uh,
1: <laughs> the, the, the sign that uh, this is uh, an old trial when uh, we designed the trial in 2008, uh, the, uh, the 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 lap mini vali- laparoscopy was not so uh, employed uh, used in all hospital in Italy. Uh, in reality, more recently uh, is very very uh, used systematically. But uh, this is uh, the price that you pay to have a, a long a long term. Uh, for a trial, uh, but uh, this uh, can help us uh, because uh, uh, we can perform uh, uh, post hoc analysis uh, and uh, using the propensity analysis, we can look uh, if there is some difference uh, because uh, 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 just by chance uh, is exactly 50-50. So uh, it, it's not randomized to perform that, <laughs> but uh, using a statistical procedure, we can have more
0: information about because a lot, a very important number of patients. Very well. So uh, Paolo, the, as you know, uh, our fellows in the journal often will submit their questions and, and I'm gonna start asking you some of, some of the questions from our fellow. Yeah. Um, Alexander Sushkavish uh, from Ukraine. Actually, he mentioned uh, that overall, 198 patients died in the study um and that in the low risk and high risk group um certainly though those figures were quite similar um 95% in the low risk group 85% in the high risk group and he was asking did you stratify those deaths into cancer specific deaths uh or, or and deaths for other reasons as well uh good question in reality, we have looked at
1: that, uh, but uh, uh, perform an analysis in this. Uh, it's very difficult because uh, is uh, the number is is too small, and uh, it's quite impossible to have uh, uh, an answer about it. Uh, in addition, uh, some patients uh, uh, we have uh, um, information. Uh, not so precise uh, if uh, there are without recurrence at the the moment of the death. So we we put together because otherwise we risk to have a
0: confounded uh, information. Very well. Uh, A second question from um, Alexander is, uh, you only had four relapses in your trial that were identified by ultrasound. And he was asking, with regards to when using imaging, is ultrasound really a, a valuable tool to detect recurrences? Should CT scans be the standard, or you know certainly according to your study, should neither be considered?
1: Uh, yes, uh, the the problem is that uh, uh, except the, the 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 recurrence in the pelvis. Uh, the about 50 or more than 50% of the raccoons are upper abdomen or thorax, uh, where the CT, the detection rate of CT scan is better than the ultrasound. Uh, and uh, what is interesting is not uh, just in our hospital, but uh, in all hospital, of, because this is a multicentric study. So this, is, uh, this result is spread in, in LA uh, in 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 all uh, units of the Italy. So, in other words, uh, we consider that uh, in uh, in the metal cancer, CT scan is uh, the the best way to detect
0: uh, recurrence. Very well. And another question uh, comes to us from uh, Sarita um, in uh, in India. She's one of our other uh, fellows. And her question particularly is with regards to stage 3 and 4 patients in non-endometrioid cases. She notes these were obviously a minority in both study arms, less than 5% and uh, 8% respectively. Can the findings on this study be actually obviously also applied to those non-endometrioid cases or potentially even more advanced cases? uh certainly
1: perhaps we can have some doubt about it but uh, the small number is difficult to uh, have uh, specific information on this subset and as you know perform uh, an analysis by subgroup is uh, not so correct and uh, uh, so we assume that uh, uh, because it's a randomized study is uh, uh, well balanced in the two arms So perhaps uh, there is no uh, difference also for this uh, subset of patients, but uh, the small number of patients uh, can draw a specific uh, uh, conclusion on this uh, subset. Overall, uh, this is uh, our results. It's difficult to say yes uh, uh, out of any doubt, certainly. But uh, the number is very small.
0: Yeah, I I agree. And I think that, again, it's uh, it's often a a common issue where, you know, certainly there's questions that arise uh, out of a study when the study was not specifically designed for that. So as you mentioned, yes, obviously not enough patients in those uh, subgroups. Now, one of the other questions from Sorita was, um, she notes that the minimalist follow-up regimen had um, 11 and 13 visits in the low and high-risk groups, respectively whereas the intensive follow-up regimen had 13 and 14 visits in the low and high risk risk group uh, patients. So the absolute difference in terms of the number of visits in the two arms is small. Um, she wants to know whether the authors consider that the number of visits can be decreased further in these low risk patients. Uh, good question, thanks. Sir.
1: And this uh, is uh, the result uh if you want a kind of compromise when to design uh, can, uh, this kind of a trial because uh, uh, you consider that it, 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 at, the, at the beginning uh, my opinion was uh, uh, be more uh, radic- uh, radical in the in, the, in the minimalistic perform just uh, a visit a year or what you want but uh, this is very difficult to be accepted uh, because uh, uh, have uh, different, uh, very different in terms of uh, in number of visits and control uh, in the two arms. So we decide to have uh, uh, just uh, control every, uh, two, two, every six months in the low risk and every four months in high risk, in a minimalistic, uh, because uh, was prudential. Perhaps uh, that, uh, looking at these uh, results, uh, that we could reduce uh, also the number of visit. But uh, when we start, we have nothing behind us, uh, and so we decide to use a prudential level uh, of check. Otherwise, uh, we risk uh, to lose a lot of recurrence. So is, uh, this is uh, we have a lot of discussion about it. But as you, understand, you as you know, but we have nothing in the literature to, to support uh, to be more radical in the in the minimalistic. Uh, certainly, should be better to have, uh, but it's uh, <laughs> difficult at that time
0: to decide to do less than what you have done. Very well. Uh, <clears throat> this next set of questions comes from Tatiana Balasius, and she she talks about um, whether the principle of whether the surveillance should be different for the low risk versus the high risk uh, patients and she asked that, that the the median time to relapse was 23 months in the low risk group and in 12 months in the in the high risk group um about half of the relapses were asymptomatic and she she wanted to know if you think that you know certainly a time to relapse here tells us whether we should change with regards to how we follow a low risk patient versus a high risk patient,
1: uh, certainly uh, uh, in, in in certainly uh, different. There is uh, a condition, or if you want the the data about the the onset time of the recurrence, the onset time of the complication, or what you want is conditioned by when you perform the check, the control, and uh, I remember very long time, time ago, when we discussed uh, at the beginning of the 80s uh, with the Gilbert Fletcher and Daniel Chassagne <laughs> about the complication in the treatment of the cervical cancer, that uh, the majority of the complication uh, arrived at the third, six uh, and one years, because is exactly the schedule of the check or the control. And uh, absurdly. If you perform a control every six months, you have the majority of the recurrence at the time. So uh, there is a kind of bias if you want, but this is typical in each uh, paper that you look in the literature because each of us uh, schedule the control every six months, every, I don't know what, and it's difficult that you, if patients have a recurrence after four months, you put every four, uh, four months and then five months and then six. When you receive the patients, uh, you put uh, in your file. So I know there is some, but it's always uh, uh, possible to have this kind of so-called bias, but it's common in all uh, publication
0: that we have in this. Yeah, excellent point. Thank you for uh, for actually articulating that uh, so well. Um, Her second question is uh, obviously a hot topic these days, molecular profiling and endometrial cancer. And her question is, do you think that molecular profiling uh, and the status of the of the patient and tumor um, dictate how closely we should follow patients?
1: when when we designed the trial uh, we have no idea what means uh, instability uh, or what means uh, poly uh, uh, mutation or what you want because we designed this trial uh, in 2008 uh, the, the, the the only uh, suggestion is to consider that this is a randomized trial so in some way in, in the randomization you have protect uh, to have a good balance between the two arms so in terms of different uh, uh, level of uh, risk uh, uh, productive factor in the in the in the series. certainly uh, this uh, should be a suggestion to design a new trial uh, looking at this new uh, productive factor and uh, have an idea what is the best in the future certainly uh, but uh, I, I know that I suggest to, to think a little bit because it's very heavy and difficult to conduct this
0: kind of trial around <laughs> in, the tra- in the time. Absolutely. Um, so next two questions come from Gabriella Shivardi from Italy. Um, and her first question is, you reported in both arms there were some unexpected additional examinations. Uh, did you perform a sub-analysis excluding these cases, and do you believe that this could have impacted your results? Uh, we have
1: performed this uh, sub-analysis just to have an idea if this can have an impact. And there is no, uh, so at this point we decide not to publish, be- also because uh, the, the the limit uh, of the, the of the table to to be published. Uh, what is interesting is. Uh, uh, the, the only imp- impact uh, uh, that, that have uh, this uh, kind uh, of uh, additional uh, procedure is uh, on the cost because it, one uh, the next paper that we are just writing is about the quality of life and the cost and uh, unfortunately it, the, the, to have uh, more uh, uh, visit uh, in the minimalistic, uh, can deal with the, the, the difference in term of cost between maxim extensive intensive and minimalistic harm, but uh, if not impact uh, in term of raw survival. Uh, but despite that, uh, maintain a different in term of cost in favor of the minimalistic. Certainly, if it, you not have, if you do not have. Uh, this uh, inference uh, n- not scheduled, we could have more, a very largest difference in terms of cost. Uh, because this is very important. We save a lot of money with uh, this trial. And we yeah, are ready. We are ready uh, for a next paper about it. If, if I don't know if your paper, if your journalist should be interested to
0: receive this paper <laughs> if you want. I, I was just actually going to make a pitch to uh, encourage <laughs> you and your team to uh, to do so. So we would definitely welcome that paper. Uh, so, Paulo, the next question from Gabriela, uh, she, she talks about, uh, you know, a point that I think is often discussed, the value of the physical examination in these patients. She mentions that 129 out of 175 recurrences were diagnosed during a set visit, Considering that only 42 patients were symptomatic and only 27 patients had vaginal cuff relapse, how do you do interpret um, as it pertains to the value of a routine pelvic examination on these patients? Should we be doing this uh, consistently? Um, can we potentially minimize the number of exams?
1: Uh, the problem is that, that to how to perform the the control the visit because uh, uh, if you just perform a gynecological examination, uh, you can have just information about the pelvis. But remember that more or less 40% of the patients have a recurrence in the upper abdomen and thorax. And so it's mandatory to perform a systematical uh, examination of the thorax and the the upper abdomen. In this way, we can found a lot of uh, of, uh, of recurrence. And uh, also you can uh, have uh, information from the patients because they have a small calf, but they do not uh, uh, refer, but if you ask directly, because uh, when you heard the, the talks, so you have some sign. And so uh, you can have, uh, important information. In other words, as I said in advance, it's mandatory that the doctor make the doctor and make a specific examination of the patients. And then after use imaging or what you want to confirm or not what is the suspect done by the clinical examination.
0: Great. And Paolo, one question that I had, And just uh, as a last question regarding the the results, I was wondering about the level of adherence uh, by patients to these assigned groups. In other words, were there a lot of patients who got assigned to the minimalist group and ended up not feeling comfortable in that group and wanted more tests or the opposite, the patients that got assigned to the intensive group and said, I don't really need this many tests and then uh, went on to the minimalist group. What was Uh, that level of compliance? The
1: compliance is, is good. Uh, for the patients, uh, were around uh, n- more than uh, around 90%. We have just a 10% of uh, change or ask or lost of follow-up, if you want, is more difficult to maintain the adherence by the doctor because uh, some doctors have are afraid to to lose uh, some sign because uh, this uh, to Make well this kind of, tri- of tri- uh, trial. You have to be a good doctor, and the doctor prefer to use CT scan, PET scan, and go ahead. Negative, okay. In five minutes, you close your follow-up. This <laughs> is is heavier to ask if you so well if you to to visit. Uh, so is uh, this is interesting? Uh,
0: yeah, but so I, I, absolutely. I, I think. I- like, like with many um, uh, trials, and you know certainly there is a lot of bias uh, with regards to the physician rather than the patient uh, themselves. So Paul, I wanted to ask you, um, can you highlight what you consider are some of the weaknesses of, of this study?
1: Uh,
0: the weakness uh, is, uh, is a, there is some weakness, uh, important
1: weakness. If, if this is an academic uh, trial means uh, you have not a lot of money. And so the the, the main weakness is uh, that we have just uh, used remote monitoring and not uh, inside easy because we have not enough uh, money to go around in Italy and in French. uh, And this is uh, a limit. Uh, And certainly, we know. Uh, Another is uh, that perhaps uh, the the stratification this the prognostic factor change uh, not only for molecular status but also for vascular space investment and so on, and so we know that uh, we should be ch- change the stratification, but uh, we pay ten years uh, of study.
0: Very well, and uh, <clears throat> Paolo, just a couple more questions. Uh, there have been studies looking at nurse-led follow-up instead of like doctor-led follow-up. Uh, do we have any results from those studies already? Uh, I, I know that, that there is uh, two studies. One uh,
1: if I remember well uh, in New Zealand, another one uh, in, uh, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in Wales or in or in Scotland, I don't remember well. Uh, uh, but uh, a completely different study because a small study and devoted to explore if a methodology, for instance, a telephone interview by a nurse or by a doctor is better or not. Uh, and so, OK, is important. But uh, we are trying to look with our, with our study to have what happened to the patients in terms of overall survival, in terms of quality of life, and so on. So uh, it's difficult to compare these results. And as I know that it has been published some times ago, but the results are not so encouraging, but they're a very small study studies, completely different. So it's difficult also to perform a meta-analysis because are not comparable to this study.
0: Very well. So Paolo, as a, as a last question, I always ask the authors, you know, certainly what do they do in their practice? So uh, Paolo Zola, uh, in your opinion, what should be the routine surveillance recommendation for patients who are low risk versus uh, high risk? And also, what should be done at each visit?
1: In my opinion, uh, looking at the results of our trial, we uh, suggest to perform a clinical control every six months in a low risk, a clinical control every four months in uh, high risk, uh, with uh, a CT scan, uh, the, f- uh, uh, the first uh, at the end of the first year and the end of the second year, just uh, to look uh, uh, what is the risk uh, to have a recurrence uh, in uh, 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 retroperitoneal uh, uh, lymph nodes, the, and uh, this is uh, the final results that we have, and. Uh, and this is supported by a trial on which we have enrolled more than 1,800 patients. Certainly, uh, perhaps uh, that we could change the strategy in the future if you have other data from molecular biology, what do you want? But until now, there is no other trial supporting this, uh, this, uh, this, 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 this policy. But what is interesting to, to, to underline is that all the guidelines published until now suggest minimalistic philosophy. So this is a kind of support what is, has been published in the past without a level one evidence of evidence and a level of... Uh, strength uh, of recommendation of uh, of level A. This is, uh, for me, important uh, to produce uh,
0: good uh, quality
1: of the literature.
0: Well, thank you very much, Professor Paolo Sola. Thank you for accepting our invitation for this discussion. This has been really a a great opportunity for us to discuss this very important topic. Congratulations to you and all the co-authors for completing the the totem uh, study. And certainly we look forward to additional information from this study. And it's always great to see you, Paolo. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you to inviting me.
1: Thanks a lot. And I hope that you uh, it can help uh, people to understand better what is behind uh, this important problem. Arrivederci.